Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's May 3rd, 2015. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. In the months leading up to the sale of the one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, critics were really calling the project an insult to fans and also a capitulation to the exact kind of power that rap was meant to be railing against. So when on this day in 2015 the album was sold for $2 million to the villainous farmer bro, uh, Martin Shkreli, many people felt that their worst fears about the album and also the decline of the music industry in general had been realised all at once. Well, well done for doing the whole story, so quickly but there's a lot to park so I think let's try and separate things out a little and come back to Shkreli because some people listening to this won't have heard of Martin Shkreli let's talk about Wu-Tang Clan so Rebecca they are <laughs> because you're my hip-hop correspondent sorry they, <laughs> oh good I thought you were about to tell me who they were <laughs> no I was about to seek your agreement on my proclamation that they are a collective from Staten Island New York they were big in the 90s and then they decided to release the most expensive work of music ever sold? Apparently, they were inspired by the idea of art in the sense that in the art world, even contemporary artworks sell for millions, whereas music is obviously doesn't have that same value and streaming and downloads have cheapened it further. And I mean, we've heard loads of artists speak out about this, how, you know, you're getting pennies for thousands of streams. So this album was modelled on how it worked in the Renaissance. So you had a one-of-a-kind creation with this wealthy patron sort of sponsoring your art. So they spent seven years making it. And apparently it features, and we don't, obviously we haven't heard it, no one's heard it, but it features cameos from... From FC Barcelona players and share. <laughs> That's the weirdest aspect of it. But it also can't be underestimated that the album that they released in the previous year, after a bunch of time in the wilderness, when they released this album, it sold 60,000 copies, which is a huge downgrade from the 2.4 million that they sold in 1993 with Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, which was their breakthrough album. Exactly. This was a publicity stunt. And they sort of had nothing to lose because if they released it by conventional means, they arguably couldn't even cover the cost of making an album for a collective group and and cameos from Cher. They created this beautiful product, apparently with a hand-carved nickel-silver box and a leather-bound manuscript containing the lyrics and a certificate of authenticity, and said, we'll give it to the highest bidder. They thought Mm. they were being clever. They thought it was satire that like some Morgan Stanley type was going to buy it. It's just that the one that actually bought it was not to their taste. Yeah, right. So Martin Shkreli was, at the time, this 32-year-old pharmaceutical executive and hedge fund manager who had triggered outrage. I mean, the name will be familiar to most people because he he, he did trigger this outrage worldwide when his company uh, increased the price of a drug that they owned. They didn't actually develop it. He had bought into this drug that had been around for years. 62 Uh, years. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the way that his business operated. That he was just was such a scum sucker from the very beginning. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. he, he got started short selling, which is when you like you borrow stocks of someone, then you the price of them crashes and then you give them back. So there are a lot of value. So 
he had already been doing that. He was already really disliked on Wall Street. He was kind of a wunderkind slash hated brat. But he would do this thing where he looked for medicines that had fallen out of pattern and then bought the pattern and then would reassess their value, which obviously meant hiking the price massively. And he'd, be, he'd, he'd been doing this for a while. It only caught attention because he chose this drug, Daraprim, which was used to treat toxoplasmosis, which is an infectious disease that often affects patients with HIV AIDS. And he hiked the price from $13.50 per pill to $750, which is a factor of 56. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and and that's ultimately why this became a kind of campaign issue as well, didn't it? Trump and Clinton both got asked about it during their TV debate and so on. It became a live issue because it was so dramatic. If he'd have just doubled or trebled the price, he would have still made a load of money and no one would have noticed. And that really underlines the fact that, again, you know, just as Wu-Tang Clan could have seen this coming in a sense, like a finance guy was going to buy this album... In a way, the pharmaceutical industry could have seen this coming. Price gouging, it's called, which is where you take something that is affordable and make it entirely unaffordable for profit, um, is something that plagues the US pharmaceutical industry because it's all paid for through insurance companies and the rest. And in a sense, I feel like people went for him. He was called the most hated man in America at one point because he was holding a mirror up to the country and showing them what the logical consequences of light touch regulation in a life and death sector are. Like, if you yeah, create an opportunity for evil people to come in and do this, they will. Part of the reason that he became so hated was that instead of doing normal damage control, saying, you know, we've reassessed this and actually it will just double the price, he kind of tried to bra- <laughs> He started out just trying to brazen it out. Yeah. Just being like, I, I think it probably shows, like, he got his first internship on Wall Street when he was 17 and he'd been there ever since. And I think he was just so much in this greed bubble that when he was confronted by people outside of Wall Street, you know, the press and the public... His first reaction was to be like, well, that's a fair reassessment of its market value. And he went on to say at a later date that he wished he'd raised the price by more. He was also hated by the pharma industry as well, because this practice wasn't unique to him. It was kind of everyone was doing it. But because he was doing it in this kind of attention getting way, Mm. which the purchase of this album was also part of his kind of, um, you know, attempt to put himself within the news agenda. And to be in that position and then to buy this one-of-a-kind artwork and then sort of squirrel it away, he he said himself that he didn't even bother listening to it. He had one of his underlings (laughs) go away and listen to check that all of the tracks that the Wu-Tang Clan said were on the album were actually there. That's a lie. I mean, no one spends $2 million on anything, even a multimillionaire, and doesn't use it at all. He apparently spoke to a vice journalist who said that she could hear it playing in the background because she kept trying to listen to hear what the album was like, but he was talking over it. And he acted like such a troll with it as well. He was like publicly mulling the idea of maybe just destroying it completely. Like, ha, 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 ha. He also said that he might hide it in a remote place where you'd have to go on an epic trek to find it. (laughs) I mean, that's quite fun. No, Arian, that's what he wants you to think. He's doing the same game, isn't he? This is what I was getting at. He's doing the same game that Wu-Tang Clan are in the first place by doing something that appears to be satirising the music industry in corporate America, right? So they put this thing up for the highest bidder as an attempt to say, look what a ridiculous society we're in. We're a hip-hop group, but we can get $2 million from one person. But when he does exactly the same thing, when he basically satirises corporate America first by trolling the pharmaceutical industry and then (laughs) by buying this thing and sort of being in on the joke like yeah haha I've got two million dollars and I'm not going to even listen to it then it's bad it's the same joke he's just like a less likable character well he said for all of the fans who were kicking off and saying how terrible that it's gone to this person who actually doesn't like the music in the first place he said well you know you weren't buying Wu-Tang albums 
in any case, and at the end of the day, this is the direct quote, he said, they didn't buy the last album or the one before that, and they only had to pay $10. So he was like, yeah. I bought this one. It cost me $2 million. Suck it. <laughs> I mean, the, the ones who really didn't see the funny side of Shkreli's trolling were Wu-Tang themselves, who were absolutely irate to discover the identity of the winning bidder. Apparently, Ghostface Killer called Shkreli a Head. And RZA <laughs> said that he and some of the other members donated significant sums to charity. Actually, RZA told Rolling Stone that he investigated the possibility of buying the album back, but apparently he's contractually barred from doing it. On which note, actually, did you see some of the stipulations in the contract? Yeah, it's amazing. At any time during the stipulated 88-year period, the seller, i.e. Wu-Tang, may legally plan and attempt to execute one heist or caper to steal back once <laughs> yeah. upon a time in Shaolin, <laughs> which, is, which, if successful, would return all ownership rights to the seller. Said heist or caper can only be undertaken by currently active members of the Wu-Tang Clan and slash or actor Bill Murray. <laughs> well, regardless, it's no longer in Shkreli's hands anymore uh, in any case. So if, the, if, this, <laughs> if this caper is to take place, it's not going to be uh, going around to his place because he's in jail. He was actually convicted in federal court on two counts of securities fraud and one count of conspiring to commit securities fraud, completely unrelated to the Daraprim controversy. And the trial actually dragged on for quite a while. He was arrested in December 2015, but he wouldn't be found guilty till 2017. And part of the reason was that it was difficult to find jurors who didn't already know and hate him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so he he bailed himself out at great expense. It was in the millions of of dollars, his bail money. But in the course of this, he also threatened uh, Hillary Clinton by saying that he was going to offer a monetary award for anyone who could bring him a hair of her head. And and that got him pulled back before the judge who was like, nope, your bail is completely (laughs) null and void. And now we're going to send you to prison. So in the meantime, the album is with the FBI. Well, was with the FBI, and then it's been sold on by the US government uh, to another group of uh, investors. But apparently the album itself is currently in a New York vault. So RZA, if you're listening and you're planning your caper, that's yeah. where to start looking. And so on what <laughs> format then? Is, is it a CD? Is it a yeah, USB flash drive? Two CDs in a box. Two CDs. Not even a vinyl. I mean if you work in asset seizure for the FBI you've got quite an interesting job anyway and you must come across a lot of uh, you know mattresses stuffed with cash but I do think the US government selling on a Wu-Tang Clan album for four million dollars must be one of the more unusual things that you've done yeah I don't think it's what the founding fathers envisioned Tomorrow. They were always trying to push forward technology, I presume as a potential benefit to the British Empire. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.